Welcome to Vegan Stories Podcast, featuring people who eat abundantly, live vibrantly, and dream of a vegan world. I'm your host, Jeff Rosenblum, and when today's guest was my college roommate at Syracuse University, he was eating hundreds of eggs per month and drinking a gallon of milk per day. I remember us going down to the dining hall on weekends where I would routinely see him downing 16 to 20 eggs and 8 to 12 glasses of milk for breakfast. At the time, he was heavily into weightlifting and bodybuilding, and he thought he needed all that protein. Animal protein. Fast forward when he reconnected with me a few years ago after learning that I was vegan and sharing with me that he too was now vegan as well as an animal rights activist who no longer eats animal products or purchases any products derived from animals. I couldn't believe it. I thought I was an unlikely candidate to ever live this lifestyle. But my college roommate, who one of his brothers used to joke that he eats no vegetables, this is truly an amazing and inspiring story of transforming one's life to better serve himself humanity, the animals, and our planet. I can't wait to discuss all this and more with my old roomie, Danny Spitzer. Hi, Danny. Hey, Jeff. Danny, if anybody would have ever told you over 30 years ago when we were roommates at SU that both you and I would at some point in our lives completely give up eating meat, fish, dairy, and eggs, would you have ever believed it? Absolutely not. <laughs> well, before <laughs> I get to all of that, I always like to set the stage for our listeners. So first, how old are you? I am 54. We'll be 55 in one month. And where are you originally from? I uh, grew up on Long Island. I was born in Maine, but we quickly moved to Long Island. And um, my parents were from Queens. Uh, Forest Hills, actually, not far from where you grew up. And um, I am, yep, currently on Long Island now. Gotcha. And what is your profession? Um, I am a physical therapist. I go to people's houses for home care. So I get a lot of uh, hip and knee replacements, back surgeries, um, also cancer patients, um, just general deconditioning, uh, car accidents, um, things like that. Gotcha. Well, unfortunately, there's a lot of that out there, and I'm sure you're taking care of them really well with all that you do care about health and really you always have, but uh, have made a lot of changes. So now we're really going to get to that because the good stuff, take us through exactly when, how, and why you went through this absolutely incredible transformation. Okay. So I basically grew up on the standard American diet, uh, like most people in this country. And um, so Looking back, you know, basically grew up, breakfast was things like Fruit Loops and Cheerios. Lunch was uh, ham sandwiches and, uh, uh, you know, bologna sandwiches, dinner, some form of meat, you know, chicken or uh, dead cow, <laughs> as I call it now, <laughs> um, or um, things like that. So basically, that's the way I grew up through many years. Um, I remember at one point we were living in Maryland, um, 
and we had relatives come out. They were living at one point in India and they were living in California. And then my, uh, my cousin, she was, uh, I was about 10 years old. She's about six. She said to me, I was eating a hamburger and she said to me, you're eating dead cow. And, uh, it's probably the first seed that was planted. Hmm. And, uh, I, you know, I was a little taken back by that, but, you know, I knew that she was right and it, it didn't feel good, uh, thinking about it, but, you know, as a 10 year old, not really in control of what you eat, we didn't have the internet, et cetera. Uh, you know, it, but I'll always remember that. And, um, then when I went through high school, let's see, I was, I did track and cross country and all that, but basically living on, you know, not a very good diet, uh, <laughs> macaroni and cheese and, uh, again, Cheerios and things like that. And dinner was, my parents were pretty good with the dinner. Uh, they started to dabble in vegetarianism a little bit. So, uh, so that was good. But um, so then we, I remember later, let's see, my brother, Mike started to go. It was around the time he was going into college around that time. He said to me um, that he stopped eating, you know, red meat as they call it, or hamburgers and definitely McDonald's, things like that. So uh, I thought, Oh, that's, that's interesting. You know, I didn't know. Uh, I just thought it was different and it was a different mindset and didn't probe him too much on how that happened. But I guess he just, you know, he, he did express it, uh, why he stopped doing that. But, um, and that was another seed that was planted and, you know, I wasn't eating like McDonald's or anything a lot at that time, but, um, but I was still eating hamburgers here and there and all that. And then we went, you know, when I went to college with, where I met you at Syracuse University. Yeah. Um, I just remember going there and uh, my freshman year, I was dabbling with uh, like lifting weights, things like that. And then my sophomore year, I really got into it. I found some old books, you know, with, uh, and magazines with all these bodybuilders and everything, Arnold, you know, and stuff like that. I remember getting a book from Arnold Schwarzenegger and, uh, you know, one of his books that he wrote and in there, uh, you know, he was talking about the diet to eat. And of course it was very, very heavy on animal products and, you know, eat lots of eggs and red meat and, uh, and even drink milk, things like that. So I was like, I was very influenced by that. And then, so in college, you know, <laughs> I always sort of did things to extreme. So, um, so then, so basically I started, you know, drinking lots and lots of milk. I remember I would have a tray, you know, we were in the dining hall um, and I would just, they had these little yellow cups and I'd fill them up with, uh, you know, it was like six ounces roughly of, of cow's milk. And I'd go right to that and I'd line up eight to 10 or 12 glasses of this uh, at each meal. And uh, which is obviously looking back was really quite foolish for a number of reasons, but, um, and, and just eating lots of animal products and f eggs. I remember, you know, you think you witnessed to me, uh, at least one occasion on a weekend where I would, I think I, you know, it was it almost became a show. I was eating 16 to 20 eggs, you know, uh, 
fried eggs at, at, at breakfast and things like that. And so, you know, this is before the internet, obviously, you know, the old saying of, oh, uh, moderation is, you know, that's moderation is okay. That's what you should aim for. But I was just sort of going extreme. So not a lot of access to information about what really is healthy eating and all that stuff. So, uh, so I did that. And then after college, I just sort of continued that. Then I was trying to get a little healthier. I was thinking, oh, you know, the, the advice from these bodybuilding magazines was to eat uh, lots of, you know, egg whites and stuff like that. So that's healthier than eating the whole egg, uh, especially when you're eating 10 of them a day. So, uh, <clears throat> so I continue that. And um, then, yeah, my aunt and uncle, as I said, they were, when they visited us, they were living in California and India prior to that. And they were vegetarians, so it was always beans and rice. And I kind of looked at that, and it, it just didn't interest me. And I never even thought about even being vegetarian. It just seemed, uh, you know, it just seemed different to me, and it just didn't appeal to me. I'm like, I don't like beans, and I don't, you know, I'm like, I need meat. I lift weights, so I, therefore I need meat. So that was the, the mentality back then. So now, through my 20s, I continued eating like that. In my 30s, I, I, I call them the chicken and rice years. That's when I was eating a lot of chicken and brown rice and, um, you know, again, still doing the weightlifting. And, and then I started, you know, and then I went to, I got into PT school. I started doing that. Uh, it was a three-year program and I was still eating that way through that, through that time period. And um, let's see. So then when I, got out but oh at the time yeah I wasn't really <laughs> eating many vegetables just a little salad here and there you know a banana here and there an orange really not a lot of fruits and veggies and um and I was eating a lot of fish then too and when I got out of PT school I started working in the field um a few things started happening I started developing a rash on my face on the uh the right side of my face, just one side. And it was getting worse and worse over years. Um, I'm going to come back to that. Uh, so I didn't really know what was happening with that. Uh, the actually, actually, I did go to a couple of dermatologists at the time and that basically uh, went nowhere. Um, they, you know, they tried, that's a whole nother story really. They, prescribed one one dermatologist that I went to I remember he gave me like six different medications he was in and out of the room um within two to three minutes and I was trying to ask him why I had this rash on my face and you know none of them ever asked me what I eat um so that's a problem right there of of the medical system um, yeah we'll get into that too uh so so then I, you know, so he gave me all these meds and I, I just said, I don't want to take these things. And I never took any of them. I never even brought the, the prescriptions down to the, uh, to CVS, you know, the pharmacy. So, uh, so I started getting this rash on my face and that was uh, one thing happening. Actually, I, I, I have to rewind for a second because after all those years of drinking tons of milk, even after college, I was drinking a gallon a day and everything. 
you know, I was into this whole bulking up thing. Wow. And then, yeah, I, I suddenly, um, I was having a difficulty breathing through my nose and I developed uh, a lot of nasal polyps and everything was just so inflamed in there. And basically I had to have nasal polyp surgery and have them removed when I was approximately 25 years old. Huh. And the doctor said, they're going to come back. They're going to come back. You're going to have to take it a steroid inhalant for the rest of your life. Wow. Just keep them at bay. And, uh, and I was like, no way I'm not going to take a steroid for the rest of my life. Uh -huh. so at that time I stopped drinking milk and I went to water and 30 years later, I've never had a polyp again. I can breathe through my nose well. And I never took a steroid. Incredible. It was definitely the dairy. It's highly inflammatory and it just, I'm so glad that I got rid of that because who knows what other harm it would have uh, done to my body because it's certainly showing that dairy is not healthy. No question. <clears throat> so that was that, that was that story. So now I had this rash on my face. You know, I'm in my 30s. Um, and then I went to uh, numerous dermatologists and none of them asked me, what do you eat? They would just ask, oh, did you, did you, uh, you know, change? Are you using a different laundry detergent? Things like that. <laughs> so yeah, it's crazy. And, uh, but I was eating a ton of fish at the time. At the time, it was my girlfriend, it's not my wife. She found an article online about this distinctive rash that's on one side of your face that's tied with mercury poisoning. <laughs> and she said, maybe it's the fish. <laughs> I stopped eating fish except for very rare, you know, very rare occasions. But I was eating a lot of it at the time. And the, the rash went away. Wow. It's, it, it went away. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I went to all these doctors and they said, oh, you know, we can do surgery, we'll burn it off, we'll scrape it off, you'll have a scar on your face. For, <laughs> it's insane. It really is. Uh, yeah. Also, the third problem I really had from 1987 to 2009, uh, I was getting cluster headaches. Cluster headaches, these are completely debilitating if you read about them. Mm -hmm. Much worse than, much worse than uh, migraines is what the, the you know, that's, the, that's basically what they've determined. They're, they're much more painful. You, and so, I mean, there have been people, who, they're so painful. You, you get a headache every night at the same time, say, well, 1 a.m. You get a headache every night uh, for six straight weeks, pounding, pounding headaches, like someone's driving a nail into your brain with a hammer. And I'd be rolling on the floor, pounding my fist into the floor. Um, yeah, it's just completely insane. Um, and so I, again, I went to a bunch of doctors for that. They gave me prescription meds. They said I could, you know, a, a lot of the techniques or treatments they said were to, one of them was like to get a portable oxygen tank and have that with you at all times <laughs> wow. in case. You, yeah, yeah. And then another one gave me some prescription med called Caffergot and uh, none of these things worked, you know, and, uh, and even when I got the pain, I would take Tylenol and all these pain meds, 
over the counter. None of them worked. I suffered from, from these from 1987 to 2009. And eventually, you know, they stopped when I stopped eating all these animal products. I, mean, I haven't had one in 11 years. Incredible. So, uh, yeah. So that was, those were some of the health issues there. So now um, we're fast forwarding into the early 2000s. Um, I was working at a clinic out here on Long Island. At the time, I wasn't in home care. Um, and there was an older man there. He was, you know, 83 or something like that. And I overheard him in a conversation with someone else. And he, they were discussing this videotape that this older man gave, lent to someone. The tape was called Diseases Don't Just Happen. And, and it was one of those crossroad road points in your life. And, I, you know, I could have said, oh, I could have walked away and just done my work. But I said to him, uh, hey, can I borrow that tape? And I watched it. It was a VHS. And, uh, <laughs> and I watched it. And that just started to open things up. Uh, it really hit on a lot of points of, um, you know, the, the problems with animal products, things like that, milk, you know, uh, all different, you know, uh, chicken and beef and all that stuff. Sure. I borrowed that and that really mm-hmm. started to change my life. And I, you know, I still was eating some meat, um, but I was eating a lot more vegetables but nothing compared to what I'm eating now, but compared to what I was eating then, a lot more. Mm-hmm. I'll, always, uh, I'll always remember that, that man and that, that moment and taking that videotape and, and borrowing it. And, and uh, so that was, that was great. And so now, so now we're in about, so yeah, 2003, four, that's when I stopped eating uh, what they call red meat and pork, which cow and pig, as I now call them. <laughs> so I haven't had, um, I haven't had, yeah, those products in 16, 17 years. Right. Um, and I did that mainly for, at the time, for the health reasons, but I never felt good about uh, just eating animal products in general. I was always a furry, you know, I never wanted to hurt any animal, things like that. But that's the society that we're grown up in. The opposite of veganism is carnism. And there's a fantastic video on YouTube um, called The Secret Reason The Secret Reason We Eat Meat. It's uh, an 18-minute video by Dr. Melanie Joy, a psychologist. So she goes into that, and uh, I highly recommend watching that. So we are born into carnism, which is the opposite of veganism, where people think that it's normal, natural, and necessary to eat animal products. And through this whole process, of course, I learned that it's not. So, um, you know, that's the reason, you know, we all grew up eating these things. And we never questioned it. It's such a powerful, powerful belief system that, uh, that we are indoctrinated into. And... Uh, so I'll get back to that. <laughs> so that was 2003, four that I stopped eating those products. Oh, that's what I was saying. I was talking about the ethics of it. I just never felt good about 
you know, my mentality was at that point I was eating chicken, some fish. I was not drinking any milk and I would occasionally have some, you know, cheese and things like that. But I never felt good about it. I didn't feel good about eating chickens that were killed just for me. It didn't didn't feel right. Um, But I, I, I still had a little bit of that mentality of, well, I need to do it. I lift weights and, uh, you know, that's part of my life. So unfortunately, I have to make that sacrifice, mm-hmm. which I later found out was completely not true. Sure. I, uh, so now we're coming up to 2009. And that's when I said, okay, well, I got rid of, I haven't eaten cows and pigs in years. So what if, let me see what happens if I stop eating chicken. Mm-hmm. And so I said, and I did that. And I was basically fine. I was still going to the gym. I didn't really lose any strength. I lost a little bit of weight just because I was having less calories because it's very, animal products are very heavy on the, the calories, you know, they're very calorie dense. Yep. So, um, so I was fine. Like I said, I kept going to the gym, didn't really lose any gains. Again, lost a little bit of weight. And when you lose a little bit of weight, you lose a little bit of strength, but, uh, but I was fine with that. You know, I was feeling good. Okay, so now I was just eating some fish. I really, fish wasn't even, I wasn't even crazy about fish. Um, I would only eat it like my mother-in-law would cook it like once a month or something like that. And occasionally we would get sushi, which eventually I found out now I know <laughs> just I love, you know, vegetable sushi. It's vegan sushi is phenomenal. Now we came with 2012. I said, all right, I got rid of chicken, you know, cows uh, and pigs. Maybe I can get rid of fish. And like I said, I wasn't even eating it that much at that point. Um, and then stopped then. I remember I told my mother-in-law and she was shocked. You're not eating fish now. And, you know, you know nice, nicely, uh, you know, she was just like, sort of like, oh, what do I cook for you now? And, uh-huh. you know, she, she was very sweet. And, uh, but, uh, I was like, yeah, I had enough. I'm done with animal flesh. That was 2012, so that was eight years ago. I wish, it was much, I wish it was much longer ago. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it, it, it was an evolution. Uh, so, uh, so then I thought, so now, as you know, I also wasn't drinking any milk. So now we're coming up to, um, and I, you know, at the time I was still eating some eggs. Not a ton, not, not like I used to, but <laughs> maybe uh, maybe. It's hard to remember, you know, 2012, maybe twice a week, I'd have half a dozen egg whites or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but it wasn't like, so that was that. And actually at that point, I was still conscious about the ethics. I started researching uh, companies online and um, I wasn't just buying the regular store stuff. So I, I you know, I, I found you know, the, the highest rated companies in terms of quote unquote, humane, you know, eggs. And, uh, and they were like $7 a dozen. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to try to do the best I can to reduce the suffering. And, 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 uh, you know, cause I'm, I, 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 I don't want to contribute to animal suffering if I don't have to. At the time that was the best that I knew of and I wasn't eating them as frequently. So, uh, so that's where I stood with that. And then in terms of like cheese and stuff like that, I almost never bought it. Occasionally we'd get together with some friends and they'd have pizza 
and it had, you know, three slices or something like that. So I was barely eating any animal products between 2012 and 2015, just very little. I, definitely no animal flesh and uh, just some eggs, a little bit of cheese, and no milk. So we're almost there, you know? <laughs> and then in 2000, 2015, um, that was right around the time of Cecil the Lion. Everyone knows that incident when Cecil the Lion was killed. And there was a lot of just uh, outrage and, you know, people posting all over the internet and commenting. And I remember I went down into the comments section and, uh, <clears throat> and I, someone commented, watch Gary Yurofsky's best speech you'll ever hear on YouTube. And that's Gary Yurofsky. It's Y-O-U-R-O-F-S-K-Y. And so I looked that up. That was August 13th, 2005. I'm sorry, 2015. I watched that speech and I was done. I said, I'm done with eggs, done with never having pizza again with uh, dairy cheese on it. And uh, I'll never forget that moment. It instantly changed me. And uh, <clears throat> I look back and I'm like, man, I wish I saw, you know, I wish that speech existed when I was, you know, a teenager and it, it would have. I would have done it then. So that was that. So yeah, so that was 2015, five years ago, which I had known earlier. Um, and that just really started waking me up to veganism in general, the whole thing. And um, I was just, you know, outraged that uh, all this information was covered up for me from years, that we needed to eat animal products. And, uh, you know, we needed it for protein and we needed you know, cow's milk for calcium and all this stuff and all the horrors of the animal agriculture industry that are hidden from us. I was so outraged. And, and that, and there's, these things are still happening. And uh, so I wasn't just plant-based. I was vegan. I was like, and I, I, I just kept diving into this further and further and further. And uh, it really just changed my life for the better now, you know, I, I discovered all these vegan activists, um, you know, Ed Winters known as Earthling Ed, James Aspie, uh, Joey Carbstrong, uh, another guy on YouTube called Peace by Vegan. Um, and it just, I felt not only do I not want to consume these products, but, uh, but I need to speak up about this stuff. You know, not, you know, you, you learn how to do it in an effective way. And um, I, again, I, I can't say it enough how, how offended I was that I was eating all these products of suffering and torture and misery year after year. They hide it from you. They don't want you to know this stuff because most people, are good people they're kind they don't want to you know cause harm to animals most people claim that they're animal lovers to some degree and uh it just lit a fire in me where like i have to do something about this and uh um the power of carnism is extremely strong that's why i recommend watching that youtube video that i mentioned earlier so then i started becoming involved in uh you know animal rights activism 
in various forms. You know, now I'm doing anonymous for the voiceless. And I really enjoy doing that. I wish I didn't have to do it, but I feel obligated to do it. Um, we'll come back to the ethics for a minute. Uh, I, I just want to step away and just talk about the health briefly, if that's okay. Now, as a physical therapist, I get tons of patients. You know, when I say tons, you know, it's, it's just, you know, obviously, uh, who are just so, they come out, they're like, okay, these are my medications. They bring a tray of 20 meds. And these are all lifestyle diseases. 80% of the diseases that we get are lifestyle diseases. That's documented. That's, I'm not just making that up. Um, so these people come out and they're almost everyone who's over 50 is either o overweight, obese, or on some form of meds or all, all of those. Even just society in general, as we know, 70% of people in this country are overweight or obese. And that's insane. We have an epidemic here. And uh, <laughs> well, that's a whole nother podcast of the medical system and how they're not addressing that. That's right. But I'll shout out to some doctors before this session is over who really we need to pay attention to because they are on the money. Um, so anyway, in terms of now, you know, with my patients, if I get the right patient, you know, who's open-minded and I think that might listen, I at least say to them, you know, hey, you know, these, you know, things like diabetes and high blood pressure, high cholesterol, you know, we can change these things drastically with our diet. We can get off a lot of these meds and lose weight and be healthy and feel good and have a fulfilling life. We don't need to be prisoners of these meds and this misery of endless doctor visits, things like that. So I at least, I feel morally obligated to tell my patients, hey, you know, we can do something. It's up to them whether they want to do it or not. But I say, you know, here's a good book. And I recommend usually like a book called Eat to Live by Dr. Joel Furman. It's a fantastic book. I'm sure you read it. Yep. And um, that's a great just starting point. And again, I feel if I don't say something, I feel like I'm being negligent uh, because people need this information. And whether they want to make that change or not, that's up to them. But I feel like in the medical system, Dr. John McDougall, who you know, he calls it he doesn't call it the healthcare industry. He calls it the sickness industry. Mm -hmm. And that's really what it is. Again, that's a whole nother podcast, but they're not addressing the, you know, the, the root causes of these things. So uh, again, I just feel obligated to tell these people. So that's, that's what's come out of it in terms of my, my career now. And again, not everyone. I read people and, you know, some people are just... I, you know, I, I, it's a case-by-case -case basis. So that's, uh, you know, I try to pass the mes message along with that. Uh, I remember, I'm going to touch on you and me now. Sure. I remember, you know, I, I remember we think back to the old version of you and me. <laughs> I just want, I think one time we, uh, we went to like some Chinese restaurant. Somehow we got there. Uh, maybe you drove or. I remember, yeah, I did. And I remember, I still remember what you, what you ate. You, I, I, if I'm cor correct, I think you had something like shrimp with lobster sauce. It sounds right. <laughs> and I, 
first of all, I was thinking, oh, that's something I would never order. And I, I don't remember what I had. It was probably, uh, uh, you know, whatever, pepper steak or something or, you know, sweet and sour chicken or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I look back and uh, like, man, how we've changed. And, uh, and so touching on you and me, a, a few years ago, I was starting to, you know, start feel like remorseful that I lost touch with a lot of college people people I went to Syracuse with. And uh, so I started looking people up on, you know, LinkedIn and stuff like that. And, and uh, I, I reached out to a few people. I'm like, I got to look up, see what Jeff's doing. <laughs> and then I looked up and I found your page. And then I scrolled down. At one point I saw the word vegan. I'm like, no way. <laughs> like, <laughs> I said, uh, I have got to get in touch with Jeff. Not just for, even if you didn't, have that on there. I would still reach out to you just to see how you were. But, but that put you right at the top of the list. I'm like, I got to get in touch with Jeff. One, because I want to hear what happened to make you go vegan. Yeah. And two, to blow your mind that I was doing the same thing. <laughs> so uh, so uh, that was a few years ago. And that was definitely one of the a great moment in the last few mm -hmm. years. So uh, I just wanted to put that out there. So and then that and you and I reconnected and it's been fantastic. So, you know, looking back uh, in terms of everything, you know, the ethics and, and definitely the health and the diet. I, again, I wish I knew this stuff way, way back then. And every vegan I've ever met says the same thing. I wish I knew this earlier. I wish I did this earlier. I'm sure you've heard it. I'm sure you've heard it. And I've uh, heard it and I've said it. And now it's like, when you're vegan and you meet a non-vegan, they're like, what do you eat? You know, but the food now is so much more interesting than it ever has been. It just really opened up you know, all these doors. It's, it's unbelievable. I would never go back for a number of reasons. And, uh, you know, before eating animal products, it was just a very limited amount of food that, you know, it's like, there's just so much variety and everything that you like, that's, you know, all these recipes that are with animal products, you can find a vegan version of it. Some are better than others, but the food now is fantastic. I've never had such satisfying food as I do now. And now I also, um, you agree on this with me too. It's like, I try, you know, I try to eat whole food plant-based. That's like 90 to 94% of my diet, if not more. And that's extremely important. I think, you know, they have now these mock meats, things like that. And those are okay for transition for a little while, but you definitely don't want to do this for a long time. Um, you want to eat whole foods from the ground, either not processed or very minimally processed. You know, there's some things that are, you could say are processed. Like for example, I use some of the Ezekiel wraps, but they're really not processed. They're just I like to call them, they're combined ingredients. They're really not altering the ingredients. You're just combining them together um, to, you know, so to make a, a healthy, uh, for example, a with that one, healthy wrap. So uh, I think it's extremely important for us vegans to mainly eat whole food plant-based because we want to we wanna be healthy and set a good example of that. And, you know, there are, I've noticed that there are a lot of junk food vegans and you know, if you're just seeing, you know, these mock meats, like, you know, and, um, and, and, you know, impossible burgers and French fries and soda. Yeah, you're might be vegan, but let's keep our health going. We need to set a good example. And 
who wants to be sick? So if you're eating a healthy diet, it's going gonna, it's gonna to help that much more. And there's so many doctors out there that I've found through this lifestyle that are just doing so many amazing things. Uh, Dr. Neil Barnard, Dr. Michael Greger. One of my favorites is, um, <clears throat> sorry, Dr. Michael Clapper. That's K-L-A-P-E-R. You can just go to drclapper.com. He's, uh, they're all great. I love them all. Um, but he's just really special. He, he also hits on the ethical issues and the environmental issues of the negative aspects of eating animal products and the positive aspects of eating a vegan diet. So he's just, a, just an amazing person. And, uh, I highly recommend people check out those doctors. There's also Dr. Garth Davis, um, Dr. Robert Ostfeld, O-S-T-F-E-L-D. He's not as well known, but he's doing some fantastic work. And of course, Joel Furman, um, all these guys, you know all the names. So, yep. Um, they're amazing. So now, anyway, so now I'm out there and I'm trying to do my activism too. We've gone to, I've gone to more, uh, the animal rights marches, a couple of those. And, uh, and now with Anonymous for the Voiceless, I really enjoy doing that. That Most people know that if you don't know that. Basically, we're just showing, um, we're out at a location, you know, sometimes we're in Manhattan or in Long Beach, Long Island, and we're showing footage of what happens to the animals in the industry. Um, and it's very difficult to watch. And uh, we're not trying to shock anyone. We're not, we're just trying to reconnect with people. And we use the, uh, the Socratic method of, of questioning them. And, um, and when we wait till people stop and engage, they look at the footage. And most people are appalled by what happens, but they've grew up in this powerful system of carnism where they think that we need to eat animal products or they think it's just, it's normal and natural and it's okay. But uh, most of them, they start to, when you start to question them, the gears start to turn in their heads. And uh, so that's, I really enjoy doing that again uh, from a number of, for a number of reasons. I sort of like the challenge, but uh, that's not the reason I do it. But um um, again, I wish I didn't have to do it, and I hope someday I never have to do that again. So online, um, there are some great movies that um, are great documentaries and speeches that I recommend watching. Uh, again, on YouTube, I recommend Gary Yarovsky's Best Speech Ever. Um, there's also Dominion. It's, on YouTube, it's, it's under Dominion 2018. I highly recommend people watch that. For people who eat animal products, um, it's going to be tough to watch. If you watch it, it'll change your life. You'll look at things differently. If you can't watch it, but you're still eating animal products, you have to question, you know, what yourself. You have to question um, if it's not good enough for your eyes, why is it good enough for your stomach? Uh, morally, we're talking about. And um, so that's a very powerful thing to watch. And also... Uh, the Carnism uh, by Dr. Melanie Joy. I recommend watching that on YouTube. Uh, that is 
the short video, the 18 minute one, the secret, re secret reason we eat meat. Um, and, uh, and then of course, there's Dr. Greger who has nutritionfacts.org and he's on YouTube. He has a ton of videos um, that's all about the health aspects. So, uh, so I'm just talking about you for a second. I'm just really uh, proud and then just amazed at what you're doing. You're really out there and hustling and, and doing all your things with your lectures, books, and now the podcast and spreading the message and with your, your clients, that's fantastic. I'm doing it my way, you know, my, you know, I'm doing it too in a different way. I'm doing more like the ethics way and stuff like that, which is fine. I know you touch on that too, which is fantastic. Well, Danny, you and, certainly made this interview easy for me and you shared so much information about health, about your animal activism, which I'm so proud of you for doing. Like you say, we all do in our own way and you're doing a fantastic job with that as well as as a physical therapist with your patients. And most of all, I'm just so glad that you reconnected with me after all these years. And really, it is truly amazing how veganism brings people together. Perfect example, just you and I sitting together doing this podcast as former roommates who were big time meat, fish, dairy, egg eaters, all of a sudden vegan the last few years and being advocates in our own way. So I can't say how much I appreciate you joining me today. And I can't wait to continue to stay in touch, learn more about what you're doing, share more about what I'm doing and hope to have you back on the podcast at some point when you're doing some other things that might be something that our listeners want to be aware of. Thank you, Jeff. And um, again, thank you for all you do. And uh, we will talk soon. And thanks to anyone who is listening. And uh, I hope, I hope you can get something out of this message. Absolutely. I'm sure they will. Bye, Dan. Bye, Jeff. That was Danny Spitzer. And I'm Jeff Rosenblum. Thank you for listening. And remember, eat Live and dream vegan.